0: You're listening to Quick and Dirty History, the show about American history on the go. This episode of Quick and Dirty History is brought to you by the Supreme Court. It's like a regular court, but with guacamole and sour cream on top. So let's roll. The Supreme Court. You know them as the nine men and women with seemingly unstoppable power who get to serve as justices for life. But it wasn't always that way. Here's how it all began. Article 3 of the United States Constitution essentially says, there's There's a Supreme Supreme Court, Court. boom, mic (laughs) drop. It doesn't really go into a lot of detail about what the Supreme Court is all about. Yet the Supreme Court makes very powerful decisions that affect all Americans, like segregation of humans based on skin color, gun rights, internment of Japanese Americans, abortion laws, same-sex marriage, and it can even determine who will be the President of the United States. So how did these nine people get all of this power? Well, this is the story of a presidential election. Two cousins who hate each other, a major Supreme Court case, and poor Mr. William Marbury, who came very close to being a justice of the peace. If you rewind the clock, in the early 1800s, the big question was how would the Constitution be implemented, and who would be implementing it? There was the President, the Legislative Branch, and the six Supreme Court Justices. That's right, six Justices, an even number. The Congress had created six positions for Supreme Court Justices as an Appellate Court. But the Congress had also stated that for certain situations, cases could go directly to the Supreme Court, skipping all lower courts. That's gonna be really important here shortly. It all started when Thomas Jefferson kicked John Adams' ass during the election of 1800, like destroyed Adams. Of course, John Adams is a Federalist and Thomas Jefferson is part of the Democratic Republican Party. As a final F.U. to Thomas Jefferson and his political party, Until the clock struck midnight at the end of John Adams' presidential term, he frantically worked with the Federalist Congress to create new federal court justices, and then fill those positions with several dozen Federalist-leaning justices. This was an attempt to gridlock the courts in favor of one political party over another. So, you could say not much has changed over the last couple hundred plus years. In the flurry of sticking it to the incoming administration, things were pretty hectic. So hectic that a handful of commissions for justice of the peace positions didn't actually get delivered. They were literally left on Thomas Jefferson's desk. So, of course, either Thomas Jefferson or his Secretary of State, James Madison, just crumpled up the papers and made origami rocks, or tossed them in the fire. Either way, the appointees of the Adams administration did not get their commissions. One of these commissions was for a 39-year-old businessman from Maryland named William Marbury. He was super pissed. He really wants to be a federal justice of the peace and to get that government money. So he does something totally American. He sues the government. His lawsuit was filed directly in the Supreme Court, directed at James Madison. Hence the name of the court case, Marbury v. Madison. All six members of the Supreme Court had been appointed by either George Washington or John Adams, so it was safe to assume that they were all very Federalist-leaning justices. The Chief Justice of the Supreme Court is none other than Thomas Jefferson's second cousin, John Marshall, and the cousins do not like each other whatsoever. The Supreme Court didn't really carry a lot of weight at the time. The name Supreme was kind of more fanciful than anything else. In fact, they had so little weight that to stick it to Adams for appointing these justices at the last moment, the new Congress and Thomas Jefferson successfully passed a bill that canceled the Supreme Court in 1802. All Supreme Court cases, including Marbury vs. Madison, would not be decided until 1803. Can you imagine today if the Congress and the President just straight-up canceled the Supreme Court? Thomas Jefferson was like, Hey, Supreme Court, who's your daddy? With the Supreme Court canceled, this gave John Marshall a chance to get the pens and pencils and get down to business. John Marshall had to pull a smooth move in 1803 when the case was heard. As far as Marbury versus Madison goes, the questions the Supreme Court were considering were, one, did William Marbury have the right to the commission? And the Supreme Court decided that he did, without a doubt. Number two, if he does have the right to the commission and his right was violated, Does he still have a legal right to the commission? Which they decided he did, not even the president is above the law. And finally, if he does have a right to the commission, what can the Supreme Court do about it? If John Marshall and the Supreme Court agreed with Jefferson, they would be chodes and pawns of Jefferson. If the Supreme Court said yes, they can compel the president to give a commission, John Marshall knew that his cousin would just tell the Supreme Court to go pound some sand. After all, this is the same Supreme Court that was just canceled for an entire term. And this is where John Marshall changes the game. Forever. John Marshall writes in his opinion that any act of legislature, repugnant to the Constitution, is void. The Constitution is the law of the land, and no one is above it. As Marshall says, it is empathetically the province and duty of the Judicial Department to say what law is. Essentially, the Judicial Branch has the overarching right to review laws and make sure that they comply with the Constitution. Then he goes a step further. The law which allowed William Marbury to sue the government cannot be heard by the Supreme Court because it is unconstitutional. The decision by Marshall creates perhaps the most important component of the Supreme Court, judicial review. The Supreme Court's power to review the constitutionality of American laws at both the federal and state level, and strike down laws and government actions that the Supreme Court deems violate the Constitution. So Congress, Thomas Jefferson, and every president since, who's your daddy now? In essence, the Supreme Court gave themselves the power to determine the constitutionality of, well, everything. The legacy from the Marbury v. Madison case cemented the third branch of government in an attempt to provide checks and balances on the others. And it continues to impact the lives of every American citizen every day.